Welcome back to Therapist Watching Bravo with me, Amanda. And me, Madeline. We co-host the podcast together. Uh, We are therapists and friends, and we love watching Bravo. So today, we have a cool episode for you. We're going to be talking about Madeline. Big news, guys. (laughs) Big news. Madeline met Schwartz. Hell yeah, I did. So we're going to be debriefing that. We're also going to talk about Jersey and the reunion. and Joyzy. Joyzy. Use. <laughs> use. Use, guys. We're talking about Joyzy and our daughters. And our <laughs> That's daughters. my favorite thing. That. <laughs> Teresa saying daughters is the, my favorite thing. I say all the time. So daughters. Good. Daughters. <laughs> so good. Um, so we'll be going through that today. Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Therapist Watching Bravo. You can also email us with questions or topics to talk about at therapists watching bravo at gmail.com it's therapist with an s because there's two of us keep forgetting personally so um so join us on there yeah so checking in madeline how are you i am doing great um you know we had a big weekend last weekend had our friend Sarah Howie, shout out, well now she's Sarah Sullivan, had her wedding this past weekend and that was so fun and it was like basically a college reunion throwdown situation so it was it was great. Um, I feel like I'm still recovering. My social battery is still charging um, it, but you know I always have room in my life to talk about Bravo um, so I'm happy to be here but the rest of the week I've just been like Whew, like seeing clients, like get my house back together. It's just been a journey. Just take it out of you. It takes it out of you. So it's, it's, but it's been, it was really, really fun and really good for the soul to see everybody. So, That's and so I fun. danced, danced my ass off was surprises no one. So I would expect nothing less yeah, from you. It, That's it, exactly what I was thinking. It was great. How about you? What's new with you? Okay, wait, before that, Madeline, tell them how many weddings you've been in. Oh, dear Jesus. I have been, I counted with Austin the other day. I have been in. 11 weddings like not just like attended I have been a a bridesmaid 11 time which I'm sure somebody out there is like oh I've been in 15 like I know there are bitches out there that have been like (laughs) in a ton of weddings and I just want you to know that you were seen and heard and loved and it is so so much and but honestly it is an honor to stand by somebody on their day blah blah yes and um it is an expense and it is so I I was not in this weekend's wedding and like I love Sarah and like our friendship is like undeniable love you Sarah girl but also I was so honored to just be like be able to chill and like host people so it was nice but yeah I've been in 11 weddings which is bananas that is so many I one day I might calculate how much that cost I can't get over that I know it's it's kind of crazy for some reason Gardner and I Gardner's my husband we like never went through the phase of all of our friends getting married at once oh 2020 which what a joke that was that it was in 2020 but like we had like a built for whatever reason that was the year of everything and yeah it was a nightmare as you can imagine but I remember a little bit yeah tbt um but yeah it was crazy that is crazy oh here we are here we are. Financially sound and recovered after 11 weddings, so <laughs> here to tell the tale. What's new with you? Um, nothing. I, today's Thursday, so I work Monday through Wednesday, so today I was stay-at-home mom-in. Love it. With The Wilder. cutest boy ever. He is crazy. I took him to the doctor, and he is 99 plus percentile on all statistics. He's a giant. And for those of you who don't know Amanda, Amanda is extremely petite, and this boy is a 
chunk. Like, he is the cutest, like, big boy I've ever seen in my life. He's literally 25 pounds. So, and how old is he now? Nine and a half months. That's crazy. And the funniest thing is he is 30.5 inches, which is half my height. <laughs> it is kind of funny. Like, I am, like, t- the tallest in all my friend groups, and you're probably the shortest in all of your friend groups. Yeah, Madeline and I are fun match that yeah, way. Yeah, we are. Like, I've always been thick and tall, and you are, like, petite and, like, I'm picturing, like, Thumbelina. Like, you're just, like, tiny, tiny no, girl. No, so no. it's, yeah, it's just funny watching you hold Wilder. Yeah, so I was just home with him today, and just, you know, mama and after therapisting, it's a wild ride. No pun intended. No, no pun intended. <laughs> Wilder has lived up to his name. He really has. As everyone said he would, which so I'm, like, kind of proud of that, actually. Yeah, yeah, you should. He has personality and spunk. That's, yeah. like, what we want. And he, like, peers into your soul, and, like, I just feel like he's going to be a really well-rounded person. I think so, too. Speaking that over his life. We also, like, on the other end of well-rounded, we went to a brewery this weekend. Uh, my in-laws have a cabin outside Asheville, so we were there this weekend, and we took him to a brewery, and he's just, like, being wild, like, standing up on this chair, and this, like dog walk by and he growled at the dog oh my god <laughs> look at him and he'll also like say uh, he'll have this like demonic voice <laughs> and he'll say my name in it so i'll go mama stop <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i did not expect you to do that voice <laughs> oh that's great have you seen house bunny no oh my god there is the whole scene where she like says people's names like that and it's just really giving me that it's one of my faves yeah yeah it's it's like that so he's got many variations um but that was today so okay let's go back to like the more juicy stuff so okay two weekends ago I saw on the interwebulars on yes. Instagram yes. that Schwartz was going to be in Atlanta and he's going to be in Midtown, yeah. which is not that far from Madeline and I. Yeah. So I DM'd her and I was like, holy shit, Schwartz is going to be here after we just shit talked him on the pod. I know, literally, like in all of my group chats and the pod, like I feel like I have just been like shitting on him. And then like six people like DM me like, oh my God, Schwartz is going to be in town. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to go. Whatever. Like I'm old. It was like funny. Gardner and I thought about going because we had my mom watch Wilder. So we were out that night, but like we. Oh man. It was late though. Like it was. It it started at 10 PM. And he didn't even come out there until like 11, 1130. Like we all waited in anticipation for a thick hour. Okay. So like break it down for me. How did you end up there? So we were not planning on this. Like, okay. Okay, so uh, me, my husband is Austin, and we went to a Atlanta United soccer game, um, and it was a great time. We went there with our friends Reed and Lizzie, and they are both very into Vanderpump. And actually, on Reed and Lizzie's honeymoon, they went. Fun fact: they went to LA and ate at all the like Vanderpump restaurants. Love it. I know it was great, and so like they were like, so we went to the game. We went to you know grab a bite after. And we were looking and we were like, should we go? Because we were talking about literally riding the Ferris wheel at Centennial Park. And we were like, well, maybe we should like go see Schwartz instead. Like we could do this anytime. Good idea. So we just, and we realized that there was no cover. And then we're like, oh, we're definitely going. So we. Also side note, he was at a place I had never heard of in Atlanta. so, So it's brand new. And that's Makes why, sense. that's why I think he, I don't know if this, is that what a club promoter is? I don't even, I'm not educated enough to know that, no. like what that's called, but like the night before, if you're familiar with the bachelor and bachelorette fran- franchise, Tyler Cameron was there the night before. 
Um, no. Yes. And so, like, I think they hired these celebs, you know, to, to come, come and promote it. Promote okay. the club. And so... I was I, wondering why he was there. That I know, checks it's so out. random. And so, yeah. like, I think that they literally hired him to come there and be like, hey, come see me at the bar. And so we were like, okay, so we rapidly get into Uber and, like, get to the club, which is funny because I'm, like, not a, like, I like to have fun, but I'm not, like, a club, go the club. Like, no, I'm no. not, like, that's, like, not my vibe. You're not clubbing. No, I'm not clubbing um, every weekend. And, but, you know, we were, like, okay, let's go to the club. And so we got there, waited in anticipation for a while, and then my friend Lizzie has, like, eyes like a hawk like it was wild she saw him outside and she was like got him to wave to us and so he waved from outside and so we were the first people that he talked to when he walked in (gasps) were you starstruck oh my well fun fact i had met guy fieri earlier this week (laughs) and and i guy fieri is a national treasure and i was so starstruck meeting guy fieri to meet tom schwartz i was like I love you, but I, and I was freaking out, but like, I was like, okay, this is not a guy. There's something that was like, (laughs) I was less, there was, I was less starstruck for whatever reason, but yeah, so we talked to him, Reed and Lizzie were like, oh my God, we love the fries at Tom Tom. We ate there on our honeymoon, like talking to him and then. Didn't he like keep coming? He remembered you guys because of that comment. Yes. Yes. And so like he, we all hugged him and like talked to him and he was like, hey, I'm Tom. And I'm like, I freaking know you're Tom. Like this is the whole reason we're here. But he was so, I mean, just what you would expect. Like he was so charming, like so like. I mean, I feel like that's his whole thing. Like, yeah, we're gonna talk about this in a second. Yes, so so charming, whatever. But yeah, he was like so friendly, and he like we would go and say hey to him, and he'd be like y'all again, and like he was like really, it was it was fun. I was, I for all of the shit I have talked about him from this last season of VPR, I did have a change of heart, which I know we're gonna get into that. But he did say whenever we left, I like waved goodbye to him, and he was like no. Why are you leaving? Like, it was just like, oh my God, are we best friends? So he just, I think I see an in transition on that. Like, I do see what Katie saw in him. He's also very tall. I don't know if I told you this, but I was like, yeah, I was like, I saw him in person. I was like, I told him to his face. I was like, you are so much taller than I expected you to be. And he was like, everybody keeps saying that. Like, it was really funny. Like, like a big compliment. Yeah, yeah. He was like, what? Does everyone think I'm like a short king? Like, I don't understand. Like, he was very confused about that. Yeah, he doesn't just look that, he just doesn't look that tall. Like, I, think, I would guess I think him at girls, like 5'10", maybe. Yeah, no, and he was like 6'2", or 6'3". Like, tall. he was tall. And like, I think all the girls on BPR are tall. tall. And so I think... Stassi. I, yes, yeah. and Katie. And yeah. So, anyways, but he was very charming. Borderline flirty, just his vibe. In general, not just to me, but just like into the world. What? I know. I was like, Tom. So I, I get to, I see what Katie saw. Like, I get it. Like, he has, and what people see in him in general. Like, he's very charming, very charismatic. And, and he told our friends, Lizzie and Reed, that he was like, I wasn't sure people were going to come. Like, he's straight up. I believe up, that. I do too. I do too. So I, I am kind of embarrassed because I have talked a lot of crap about this boy. And now I'm like, but he's great. <laughs> All I got from Madeline at like midnight or something like that when I was already fast asleep was a picture of her in shorts and I woke up with Wilder at like 5am and I was like, what the fuck? This is, I like had a feeling when I went to bed that you were going to go. It's just like my intuition told me that this is going to happen. This will happen. 
I don't this know. Will we happen. had no plans to uh, do so either. No, and then I was like uh, voice noting Madeline in the morning, and you were so excited oh about God. it. And I thought I like brought up like a really interesting point, like if we're kind of bridging like the reality to like the mental health. Yes. Of, Everyone has like likable and unlikable parts to them, yeah, yeah. or better parts and worse parts, or moments too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I feel like that's—I don't know. I feel like we came like full circle in a way, right? On Schwartz. Yeah, because like okay, because what you experienced with him was real. It was real. Like it he was... really is charismatic and is. friendly and like flirty however you want to take that right or it just makes you feel good about yourself like that's right. a true he's positive warm. quality he's warm. warm that's and, like yeah and it seems like he is genuine yes. about it like there's yeah. like a he means it he's not being slick right yeah no like if i feel like if we met sandoval in person it would be a totally different vibe and it would mm-hmm. be him trying to be performative and whatever whereas schwartz was like Oh my god, I can't believe people are here. I really that, that believe, was endearing. Like, I, I, I won't lie. It was endearing. It, that is endearing. And I really believe like he wants everyone to have a good time. Yes. And he wants everyone to feel good. It, also, speaking on the flirty vibes, just quick side note. Girls were throwing themselves at him. Oh, I, please. It was hilarious. <laughs> Do you have an example? Uh, just like, well, there was one picture where like my friend took a screenshot and circled it and she was like, this girl is trying to get with him. Because I was like, we were talking to him and she was like staring. Like, okay, I'm ready for my turn like the like and the clothing was like it was people were trying to get with him that's so interesting i know i wonder what that's like i i don't know (laughs) like like trying to hook up with schwartz (laughs) 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 like i don't know i wasn't thinking that but like to be schwartz or to have people like throw themselves throw themselves at you and having he to was, deflect or accept. He was very overwhelmed. Like I believe it. My husband, who is not, he, he knows everything in the Vanderpump universe, but he was freaking out. Take it back to when he ran, wait, were you talking about Schwartz or Austin? Oh, Austin was just like, no, sorry, Austin. sorry, no, Schwartz was very overwhelmed. That's what I say, take yeah. it back to him walking out at, when he worked at Pump <laughs> for, for the 20 minutes. I keep thinking about that. Literally, he bartended for like a minute and a half and he was like, I can't. But, uh, yeah, he, that's sad. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> that was sad. But I think kind of, like, coming back, I, it's, I think it's hard because, like, people have, like, all parts to them. Like, he was yeah. also, he has all those likable parts that we just talked about. Yeah. But he also has the parts of where he was mean to, to Katie. Katie. Yeah, like, that's, like, not very redeemable, but, like. Like, low blows. Right. And Like, pouring rude. the drink on her, I will never forget that. That's awful yeah that's not a good look but i there's it's weird like i'm rooting for him i feel like he has so much potential and if he separates himself from sandoval i think that he might be able to be redeemed yeah i think some separation is necessary because sandoval's just going through like whatever good god yeah and it seems like from what we have seen schwartz got sucked into it for whatever so i think when you get like sucked into things you need to take a break you need to like take a pause reevaluate um but yeah Um, i feel i like 
I don't know. I feel like deep down Schwartz is like, oh, I'm like ride or die for like my friend. But I think since he's in the spotlight, I think that changes. But you can things. also do that to a fault. Yeah. Like you if can. your friend is doing shitty stuff. Also, like you need to be separate from your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have your own identity. Yeah. You need to not co-sign every single thing that you do. Like you can still be loving and still be a best friend and mm-hmm. still like ride or die for them. Yeah. But to like co-sign someone's bullshit essentially. That's different. Yeah, it is. That's it is. really different. And that's hard to find the line in general yeah i think that like that kind of boundary is interesting and confusing yeah um because i think that's like not probably unique to just their friendship yeah i think like we've all had friends where yes they do stuff that you don't agree with and it puts you in an interesting position of how to handle that yeah and whether to confront them or not because sometimes it's like that's not my bullshit right so i'm not gonna get into that like i really understood a part of schwartz I do too. Saying that and that like dilemma he was in of whether he was going to tell Ariana or not. Right. But I don't know. I think like as Madeline and I were talking, it just felt like I, he has good parts and he has bad parts. And, and he I, had, and he, honestly, he had a bad season and he's had a couple bad little run-ins with like. It was just a yeah. shitty situation as well. Yeah. And we were also kind of talking about. He backed the wrong horse. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think. And I don't, I don't know if this is true for Schwartz, but I think this can be true for a lot of people of being charming, being friendly, being charismatic, making others feel good, focusing on others yeah. is a coping skill or a survival skill mm-hmm. that some of us like learned when we were really little. Yes. As a way to get by, as yeah. a way to hide pain, mm-hmm. as a way to cope with pain, yeah. a way to get through life yeah. because maybe it's... It's like protecting. Yeah. Like, I totally get it. I'm, for those of, who, of you who are familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 9. We are people pleasers at our core, and I like to say I'm a recovering people pleaser, but like that's why I've always said, like... Schwartz gives me unhealthy nine vibes because it feels like he's trying to go along to get along to the point where it like brushes things over, which I, I could also see that argued to be a seven. Um, but like, it just feels like it's very like conflict averse, but when it is conflict, it gets explosive. And I see that as a nine thing too, because we're in that anger triad and a lot of us can have the eight wing and it can, it can get nasty. I feel like that checks out in a way because like, I feel like his anger would come out a lot on Katie. Like you saw the vicious words he would say to her. Exactly. And so, and I also think that when people, and I don't know, this is just like a personal observation theory. Right. That like when people are that charming, that friendly, that successful, that whatever, that sometimes I feel like when you have like that high of highs of qualities, that there is an equally like low of low. Yes. So if you are that nice, you were that mean. Right. Or like that angry. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And okay. I feel like we saw, bo- I think we see both sides of them. Yes. And then I think like the shitty part is for people like Katie or like the partners or the close people. Right. Everyone sees the good part. Yeah. And then they only focus on that and it's hard to see that like, no, this is a full picture here. Yeah. And like when I hear Katie talk about like her experience in that relationship, it's really compelling because she's like, I felt alone. I felt like he didn't like me like yeah you know it, he wouldn't back me up like hence him saying things like i would never want to have sex with you again right i mean he would say awful things They're to her like i nasty. don't like you i hate yeah. the sound of your voice like no wonder she felt that way i know i know also have i talked about this how none of the guys i know like katie yeah that's like a thing i 
That bothers me. I know. I like, I feel like, I don't know what that is. This goes into a like very deep thing that I feel in therapy in the world. Oh shit. So I won't, I will digress. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'll say it, but then maybe this will like be for a whole other episode. So commonly, like in relationships, there are obviously most of the time two partners one person is a talker one person is not a talker so like in the therapy speak that's like one person is the pursuer they're the ones that like are more reactive they like to fight more they're more critical they don't like to fight more they may instigate the fight more and then there's that would be katie yes and then in the other the other partner tends to be a withdrawer and he's a total withdrawer oh my god yeah and katie's a total pursuer yeah yes so that person is quieter brushes things under the rug is charming is friendly what these two people always find each other like if i'm speaking to you you are probably in a relationship like this yeah like i think research says it's about 70 percent of relationships are pursuer which are nothing bad that's just it's just just how people link up typically madeline and i have that in our marriages as well it's really common yeah like i said 70 percent so i think like the hard part of that dynamic, like the pursuer and the withdrawer is the pursuer, the more reactive one, the one that wants to talk about problems gets the bad rap. Yeah. They yes. always look the worst because oh, they are angrier. Right. We're not even, I don't even want to say angrier. Their anger shows more on the surface. Oh my God. That's so freaking true, Amanda. So and that's look, why people don't like them. Right. They appear to be the bad guy when in reality, both people are trying to save the relationship in very different ways. Yes. And it's like, and I want to say, I always like tell couples that I'm working with them, like it is not your fault. It is not your fault. Right. It is the cycle's it's fault. the cycle. Because the, the pattern, the tricky thing is like the pursuer and the withdrawer, they always get together. Mm-hmm that's like always ends up in my office that's because pursuer pursuer they break up yeah they they yeah. get together and then they fight they and then fight whoosh, explode right. they break it's up too much which are which are you're like how on earth who made the first move how did you guys get together right. nobody is talking <laughs> there is who, it's just a bunch of stonewalling and like nobody's really silence like right. not having sex like all right. of these things None of that. so it's all it's mostly a pursuer which are but like the pursuers always get the bad rap because they tend to be more reactive but it's a right. cycle like right. the more you pursue the more you withdraw the more you withdraw the more pursuer pursues yes and then you stay stuck in this infinity loop that goes on for forever so do we think is it just that males are typically withdrawers and they don't like that she's a pursuer that's like bringing up the, the yeah, shitty stuff? I don't I would, know. I, I would know. imagine it, it probably like these people don't really like think it consciously, but it, like I can't, who was I talking? I can't remember who I was talking about it with recently, but they were like, Katie's like not even fun. I'm like, well, she feels her, her relationship for them. It was bad enough for them to get divorced. Like she did not feel safe and like comforted I don't he know. He was never not, home. He's right, making everybody else perfect, feel good. Because we saw Tequila Katie. Like, we know. Yeah, she was right. vicious with her words. Yeah, she was. Like, she's not blameless. And wouldn't take accountability some, a yeah, lot of times, which too. Which is hard. Yeah, nobody's, like, the winner in this. And that shit impacts. Like, you can't yeah. just explode on people. Right. And then, like, that leaves a lasting impact. Yeah, 100%. Even if you... I mean, repairing helps a lot, but like there's still scars from that if you continue to do that. So I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I think because pursuer's anger tends to be more reactive and more outward. Yeah. It is easier to like pin the blame on them. Yeah. You know what? That is insightful. I like that take. 
And it doesn't look good. No. I mean, like, it. if you didn't know anything about their relationship or you were just watching one episode and you're seeing the rage texting over and over of horrible things yeah. that Katie would say to Schwartz and you just see Schwartz not responding and, like, just getting hit with that, yeah. you would feel bad for that. But yeah. you're not seeing this other part where she's feeling ignored. Right. Or And she's not communicating that either. either. Right. So that, that is true. Like when you have the withdrawal, like they're the hurt that they inflict can be more invisible than yes. the pursuer. And I feel like what is difficult to understand because it's, well, let me back that up. What is easy to understand words hurt, critical hurts, yeah. screaming, yelling, rage, texting hurts. It's right. really easy to pin that as anger. Yeah. But I think the tricky thing is when withdrawers pull away, that is equally as painful. Yeah. You not being emotionally available, you going away, mm-hmm. you walking out, you not responding, that is equally as damaging. It can be punishing, yeah. Equally as painful as someone rage texting you. Right, It's yeah. just shown in a different way. Totally. And I, I think that doesn't get enough attention yeah i agree with it that. looks 100%. like innocent and it's not i don't right. think the withdrawal is like purposely trying to hurt someone right but it is damaging it's equally as damaging to the relationship and honestly not to like spiral here but i do feel like it's easy for the withdrawer to gaslight and say like oh like i didn't do anything wrong look at what you're doing when in reality like the withdrawer can also pull away and do that damage so it is, yeah it is an interesting dynamic i'm so glad you brought that up I mean, you know, it's my favorite thing to talk about. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And it's it's helpful because I think so many of us have that dynamic in our relationship. Yeah, it's like everyone. Yeah. So. But I love saying, like, I love that saying, like, it's y'all are not the problem. It's the cycle. The cycle is the problem. And it is you and your partner versus the problem. Yes. And even if you can't solve it. And a lot of times, you can't. Right. It is a perpetual thing. Like, what is that statistic that Gottman always talks about? It's like... Oh, I will tell you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd have um, it. Yeah. So, 69% of problems that couples fight about that Gottman studied are perpetual problems, which yes. means ongoing problems. There is no solution. Right. It is fundamental differences in personality. For example, my husband, Garner, loves sports. <laughs> I hate sports. <laughs> As you can imagine, like in the fall when football is on, when soccer is on, mm-hmm. when basketball is on, when he wants to play sports, when we want to watch them, when it's like all of our social calendar, <laughs> like it brings a lot up to talk about. Yeah. And how to navigate like our life and how we're going to spend our time together and our time apart and our right. leisure time and things like that. That's a perpetual problem that we will continue to navigate. Right. That will never go away. I will never fall in love with sports. Right, right. Garner did think there was a time that he thought I would. Dang. He understands now. There won't be. But <laughs> but what I will say is I love Gardner. He loves sports. Right. So I care about that. Right. Um, but we got better about fighting about it. Yeah. And negotiating it and understanding. So the point is right. the other... The other, whatever, 31% is solvable problems. Things yes. that like have a like a solution to them or a yeah. problem or, or a solution to the problem. But the point is like you will continue to fight. There's yeah. not always solutions to problems. It's understanding that dynamic and uniting you and your partner yeah. against that problem and finding a better way to talk about it, a more connecting way that is not rage texting and not just ignoring. Yeah. That is like, wow, I feel really ignored and hurt and wow, like let mm-hmm. me care about that let us care about that let me not come out sideways on you this way it would be helpful if we could do this 
A hundred percent. Like, yeah. And what I remember the first time I heard that statistic, I was like, oh my God, like that feels kind of discouraging. And then I like, the more I understood it, I was like, actually, that's really comforting. Cause it's like, it kind of gives you a level of acceptance that it's like, all right, I don't have to solve everything. Like we're not going to yeah. be perfectly linked and match on every value on every exact, exact thing. Well, I think it's really discouraging, like in the sense or it could be discouraging in the sense of like, it happened again. Yeah. Here we are again. Right. The we promised we wouldn't shit. get here. We The same yeah. shit, this familiar spot. Right. But then to know that that's normal. That's like yeah. mostly what couples fight about. And totally. it's not just like the, the problem, like the fundamental difference in your personality, but also the way that you interact about that problem. Yeah. Is... What was the word I'm looking for? Chronic. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's not going away. Right. I think that there is something about that that's like, okay, like we have a long time to work on this. Yeah. Which, I mean, do we have time to talk about Jersey? Let's, you know, do it real quick. A little dabble? I, I mean, this does remind me of Teresa and Louie, just like talking about relationship stuff. Go into it. I so mean, switching gears. Yeah, switching gears. Madeline's um, the expert on Jersey. Yes, I have. I have. I'm deep in the Jersey universe, which I, I just want to throw in. Um, my number one celebrity crush, um, John Hamm, admitted on national television that he loves real, the Real Housewives franchises and he is into New Jersey. And I, this is the probably the most dramatic thing I've done in a really long time, but I literally teared up. And I went, I ran to my husband. And I was like, look who loves New Jersey. And he was like, oh my God, are you so happy? Like, he was like fully supporting it. I love, um, that. I I love, love that. that so much. But anyway, so I love New Jersey much like John Hamm. Um, but anyway, so uh, the reunion was wild. Teresa and Joe Gorga have had a long, I mean, they're brother, sister, obviously. And she and Melissa and Joe and her old Joe and now Louie, like, they just have not seen eye to eye historically. And it's been, I mean, even, I was talking about this earlier, like, off microphone. Like, before Joe and Melissa came on to Real Housewives in New Jersey, they were already in a spat to where they weren't talking for, like, months or weeks at a time. And so, it's been such a long-standing thing, but it's just, the whole thing is just crazy. But I think they might actually be done now. Like, talking, they might be cutting each other out of each other's lives, which is sad. It is sad. And then also, it is really sad. And a part of me also understands it because if you were going to do the same thing over and over again of attack, low blow, hurt, never so vicious... A physical altercation between the husbands. Which is unacceptable. Yeah, it's Like, that's not fucking okay. No. If that keeps happening, and then it just gets brushed under the rug, or, like, just put off to the side, and then you just repeat the same thing over and over, and get on the same roller coaster. Right. I understand that after years and years and years, it... You would just get off. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done writing. It's surprising that they've lasted this long. Honestly. it, It really is. And, like... 
I don't know. I think Louie is such a particular um, personality. And there's like kind of like, I don't know if this is just me, but it feels like there's kind of like a little bit of like a dark side to him. And it just is like unsettling. Um, but like, I just feel like throwing him into the mix has just like been the catalyst of like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Like, I think that blew it up. Yeah, I think it did too. And especially with him being like calling the damn, what's his face? The private guest investigator Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle. That name will be ingrained in my brain forever. But it doesn't sound like a name. It, it sounds like, I don't even know what it sounds like, but it does not sound like a human It person. sounds like if someone said that, like, you don't know what they're talking about, you're like, what's a Bo Deedle? <laughs> I kind of, no, I won't say that, but it, it just doesn't sound right. But yeah, so that, that whole relationship dynamic has been really interesting. But like, I like what you said, Amanda, because it's, it's like, they never really have any resolve like between like between Joe and Melissa and Teresa and Joe or Teresa and Louie like it just feels like oh we have this fight we're gonna brush it over like we'll physically fight and then we'll be like oh what I forgive you and then it's like well nothing really got resolved it sounds like they would emotionally and at times physically beat each other up yeah and then just like go back like lick their wounds and then just come back and do it again but you're my brother and then it's like okay (laughs) like but it sounds awful yeah, no, it's it's not a good pattern. I honestly, I would. Could you imagine doing family therapy with them? Did they? I can't. They might have gone like in seasons past. I I, I need to go back in the archives. But man, it would no. be what a trip it would be to have them in family therapy. Volatility. It would be. I mean, I'd have to do some like. I'd do a session with Joe Gorka, and then I'd do a session with Teresa, and then I'd bring them together, and they would only get to say a certain amount of things. Like, and... how many times do you think people would walk out? Oh my god! Oh my god! Like. <laughs> I can imagine sometimes when people get like really volatile in therapy, you have to, which happens, like we can handle it. There's no judgment about it. Like bring it into the room. We're here for it. At least we can work with it. We can help you with it. It's better than stonewalling to me. It's better than, at least you're you're talking. You can help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it happens to all of us, but like you're, sometimes I'm standing up, arm out, arm out. (laughs) I know. You talk, you don't. Like like you're a freaking maestro. Like... (laughs) Is that the word? Like a orchestra? I don't know. What is that person called? Like a conductor? I think a conductor. That's like, that that feels like train conductor. That's sometimes what you feel like that. You're like, yes, Yes, and your turn, and your turn. Yeah, it's just like, that would be a nightmare, but. Therapy with multiple people is hard. Yes. Um, But, yeah, I think it is, it's, I, I think they're a good example of sometimes I will share with people that it is, helpful to take space or to take breaks because I think it can be really scary to take breaks or space in a relationship because you don't want to lose an attachment or relationship with that person right but it can actually be really helpful so that you don't have an estrangement yeah if that's something that you want sometimes it in some cases it is healthier to be estranged and to not (sighs) just take a step back yeah even if it's family but I feel like they're kind of a case where if they maybe had taken breaks yeah worked on themselves taking accountability taking responsibility had had space because also when you're in a cycle of reactivity you can't step back and reflect and understand and process what happened you're just constantly reacting which is exhausting and you get like crazier and crazier i can't even imagine how much more heightened it is since it's on national television like one million times. Could you imagine? One million times. Like holy crap, and people like taking sides, and it's just I'm sure it's just exhausting. And wanting people to understand you. Yeah, and there's such a long damn history with them. Yeah, like it's just ugh. families are hard. Yeah, like families are so fucking hard. They really are. It's insane. Yeah, 
there's mean, so many different like layers to it and people have different experiences of even the same things like it's just yeah. it's crazy and I think with Teresa and Joe like they have they both have this like loyalty to their parents who are no longer here and it just it, I so I respect the loyalty but like it just feels like it's not working so I, I respect the step away for now but it's just I I'm, I think it I'm might, eternal optimist I hope they come back together sometime yeah I, I, I also think that like sometimes if you take years apart I mean I yeah. don't know how long but like a long time right. months years that sometimes it can help bring you back together yeah I think when you you might clarity. need a long 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 time to calm down yeah. and to deal with the hurt and to move on and to have different experiences that maybe help you help you understand what happened interact with other people that can I don't know and maybe not maybe it's more peaceful to be apart yeah I don't know it's like sad either way it is sad but I don't know I think like to anyone listening if you are having like a difficult relationship you are not alone heck no good god family is very difficult as evidenced by everything we talked about today yes (laughs) (laughs) as evidenced by why we have a job right exactly yep exactly like have you seen do you follow those like therapist meme pages that's like happy mother's day to all the mothers who like ensure my job yeah my job security like that is true like it's tough. I mean, not just moms. It could be dads too or whoever, but... Brothers, sisters, romantic partners, yeah. friends, employers, yeah. anyone. Yes. Life. Employers. Life partners. <laughs> yeah. Madeline and I are in therapy, you know? We're yeah. just... Therapist... If, if your therapist isn't in therapy, where are they at? Where are they at? They should be... They should be... My th- I always say, like, when I talk to my clients about what things my therapist says I'm like okay well your grand therapist says that (laughs) I love that term I love saying that I say that because Emma has so many good chunks of wisdom so yeah 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 okay well well that's our pod today that's our pod today um we love talking to you guys you can follow us on instagram at therapists with an s watching bravo you can also email us at therapistwatchingbravo at gmail.com with any thoughts questions feelings observations anything you want us to cover and talk about um otherwise that's all we got for you yeah peace out peace out okay bye bye